Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Molly Kiefer. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. Just wanted to give you guys some context that we started out this year where we heard God um, kind of inviting us as a church to rebuild and refresh. That he got, we really felt like God was saying it is time to uh, to rebuild some of these things that have been taken apart in this last year in our lives, and we're going to focus in on rebuilding our lives, rebuilding lives around us. And so we started a series on the book of Nehemiah. Because Nehemiah was this um, this Old Testament, um, this, this guy who actually had no business building, no experience building, but God called him to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls that had broken down, right? So we were like, we're going to dive into Nehemiah to figure out what might God have for us as we set out to rebuild, right? And so we did, uh, I don't know, six weeks on Nehemiah. We, we, we got into like prayer, how to pray to the, for, for rebuilding, how to find that burden in our hearts where God wants to rebuild, how to look past vision cast, past the rubble and the broken pieces to see what could be. So we looked at how to be a Nehemiah to someone else, how to re, to cast vision for the rebuild in their lives, right? And we looked at where the enemy might come in to oppose with the tactics and the schemes that he would have to, to oppose our rebuild. And all of that was just the first seven chapters of Nehemiah. But um, for some reason, I think Kevin and I were just like moving on, right? And I was, Kevin uh, was kind of thinking about uh, just building into uh, where God wants to bring healing in our lives and some of those spiritual disciplines and practices that could rebuild in some areas. And I was then knew this was my week to preach. And so I kind of turned, I turned to, to the Holy Spirit and I just was like, okay, what's next? Like, where are we headed next? And I felt like God said, Molly, go back and read the rest of Nehemiah. You only made it. There's still six more chapters, right? And maybe you hear that and you're like, God said, like, what do you mean God said, go back and read? Well, here's how it works for me. A lot of times if I'm leaning, if I'm bringing God into the conversation of my life, I'm, ch- I'm trusting that he wants to lead and guide, right? Well, I, I hear God, not so much in an audible voice, but I get a sense of curiosity. Well, what's next in the book of Nehemiah, Molly, right? It's almost like a thought that gets dropped in that wasn't my, I could tell that wasn't my natural thought. I wasn't thinking like I should finish Nehemiah or somebody wants me to finish that book. That's how God speaks sometimes, guys. It's just kind of a sense of, oh, I wonder what is next. I wonder, I, I feel like that wasn't my natural thinking. So I lean in and I say, that that's God. That's an invitation from God asking me to, to come back to the rest of the book. So here's what happens next. I want to kind of go uh, back to Nehemiah. And look at what happens after the walls are rebuilt. And so the exiles um, are coming back to Jerusalem, which is the main city, after the walls have been rebuilt, because now the city is secure. Now it's, it's a safe place to live. Worship can continue there. They can, they can um, get back to rebuilding their lives there because the gates are secure. The walls are secure from their enemies. And so the exiles are coming back. And it, um, we read that Nehemiah and Ezra... Um, grab all the nation of Israel. They bring them all um, back to one place and they open up the scripture. They open up the book of the law that Moses gave them and they read it. They took like a day, right? Like what we're doing over Lent or we're doing a half an hour. They just did it in like a seven hour block, right? And so they're reading the law 
to them, the whole nation. And here's what happens in Nehemiah 8. It says this, Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people saying, be still for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. And so the the people are gathered together and they're hearing the scripture. They're hearing the word that God gave Moses to give to the Israelites as his people. They're hearing the covenant, the terms of the covenant, right? That God gave to Moses. This is how Israel, this is how my my people, my special nation, this is how you're going to live in relationship with me. And he's giving them all these ways, right? To live in friendship with God and all these promises. If you do this, if you keep my ways, then I will come through like this for you. I will provide. I will, will um, overcome your enemies. I will take care of you, right? And as the people are hearing this scripture, all of a sudden there's like sounds of crying in the crowd. You get start hearing the sniffles, in the sobs and the weeping as the people are hearing the, the scripture. And I, I can't imagine like what that would be like if, if we're like reading the scripture and all of a sudden out there, people crying, just weeping, weeping. And they're crying because I think they realized that, that what God had provided, they had turned their backs on this God. They had turned their backs on his promises and what he, he said he would, would, how he would deliver and how he would come through. And they're realizing we didn't do our part. And what happened, God, exactly what God said would happen was we were captured by our enemies and taken away. And look at all the loss. Look at the years that were stolen from us and our families and our property because we rebelled against God. And here it is before our eyes, plain as day, before our ears, we're hearing what, what could have been and, and how simple it was that we just live in the terms of the covenant that God set up. And their response is they're grieving, they're mourning, And I think about that, you guys, and I think this is the sound around us these days. There is a sound of grieving, right? There is a sound of loss. There is a sound of we've this last year has taken apart. I don't know how it hits your family exactly, but I have a daughter who is a senior in high school, and I grieve. We grieve over the fact that she lost, like, really a real fun part of junior year in all of senior year, that she has spent senior year in the basement in front of a computer and usually Netflix at the same time. And I, every day I look at Kevin, I'm like, this is not good for a 17-year-old. It can't be good, you know. Um, we have a college student. And they, he lost, you know, his, he had to come home because he just, he was stuck in his dorm room, right? And we had a missionary son who had this now home, you know, like, and I, I'm sure, I know there's a sound of grieving across your family too. Lost celebrations, lost family time. And, and if it's not even just COVID related, guys, we, this is, this is human life, isn't it? It is human experience. There is a sound of mourning, there is a time for mourning. There is a time for, for looking back and saying, oh, what was been taken from me? I've heard this so many times recently. I've been stolen from, and I can see it. 
I've been taken from. The enemy has come and this promises and the destiny and, and just that, that the loss over, um, of things in our lives. And if we haven't, if we're not in a place of grieving and mourning right now, I do wonder what might um, come tomorrow. What might come tomorrow? And here was God's answer through Nehemiah in this moment. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. In the midst of the regret, in the midst of the loss, in the midst of the reality of how many years have been taken and what has been stolen, here is the answer. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And I read that and I see the promise in it. I see the fact that what God's saying is that joy brings strength. It brings strength that you need in your life, that you need, that, uh, that, that we need in that moment of, uh, of loss, of grief, of weeping, of, re- of regret, of pain. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And maybe you don't, maybe right now you're not in a place where you're like, yeah, I hear the sound of, of weeping around me. But I, I just wonder, might you need strength tomorrow? Might you need strength tomorrow? I know I do. And so here's what I want us to do, guys. I want us to access strength from joy. I want us to say, okay, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I am going to access strength from joy. That is going to be a place of strength in my life, joy. And so I have one job today. I want to clear a path to joy. I want to clear a path to joy. I see this in Psalm 16. It says this, God, you make known to me the path of life. And we see that, this is a grammar thing, right? We see the, is it a semi, a semicolon? No, it's not. What's the, what's the, what? a semicolon. Okay, semicolon. In the King James, that's actually the dot, dot, the colon. No semi, just colon, dot, dot, which means here's the path to life. That word for life, it means like green. It means like revival, vegetation. It's springtime, right? Here is the path to life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. God, in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, pleasures forevermore. They are there. They are there. And we want to get on that path. We want to clear some things out of the way. We want to put up some cones and flags and go, this is the way into joy that brings strength, that we need, that you need, that people around you need. So that's what we're going to do today. I, I didn't want to, uh, to convince you that you needed strength. I didn't want to talk about what joy is. I actually want us to experience joy together. I felt like God was saying, let's experience joy together. And so what we're going to do is, um, in a second here, we're going to go into praise. Because praise is one of those, those pathways in to God's presence where there is fullness of joy that brings strength, right? Praise is one of those places where we can access joy that brings strength. And here's where I see this in Psalm 104. This is the Passion Translation. This might sound familiar. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Don't you love? We have the secret password. It is praise. And when we enter into praise, it's saying we can get right into his presence where there is fullness of joy that will bring us strength. Okay? And then it says you could come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. So here we go. We are going to get on the path today. And our worship team is going to come up. And we are gonna, we're going to enter into praise that brings joy. So I want you to set your heart towards expectation that I am entering into praise. It is my secret password into God's presence. And in his presence is fullness of joy. 
And what's going to happen is I, I'm going to enter into joy. I really believe that supernaturally, guys, we are going to experience joy, that we're going to take God at this word, and it, we're going to find strength together in this joy of the Lord. So why don't we stand up? And we're going to enter into some praise. And then after praise, we're actually going to access joy another way. And so at home, I just invite you to, to clear some space to praise, to stand up and praise. And I'm going to just pray over us. And then the worship team's going to going to take us into God's presence where there is fullness of joy, okay? So, um, God, we just thank you for your good plans for joy. That there is a uh, an entering into this joy that you have in your presence. And that the promise is that we get to come and access strength. And so, God, we want to access strength not from just B12 and caffeine and other things. We want to access strength that comes from joy that is ours to step into. And so I, God, I pray right now that Holy Spirit, just we just ask for the joy of heaven to be released in this place, at home, across our city, across our nation. Joy that you give, God. Joy that you give. Amen. Thank you.